Hey everybody, it's another episode of Biz Dads, the second episode coming your way in our second week ever. Finally got through all of the approvals and this thing is real, so now you're going to have to hear us all the time. This week we've got a great episode for you. Really excited to talk about what's happening with the SBA loans, uh, how people are getting back to work. Uh, We're going to dive into the Twists Millennial Minute. Anne's going to spend some time talking to us about something that's very foreign to me and Andres. We're going to jump into things that dads are doing at home that we don't normally do. Got a couple great parenting fail stories for you. And then we're going to talk some buying trends. And most importantly, our final four, what are some great things that are coming out of all of this? Let's jump right in with Biz Dads. All right, Andres, I got my SBA loan approval. The application was easy, easier than I ever thought it would be. But now getting the money, I think is going to make me pull my hair out. You know, all the different (laughs) forms I've got to fill out with the bank, got to open a new account so that they can track the payroll spending, um, get my partner engaged and get his date of birth. And so all this different stuff that you need in order to showcase that there's no fraud here, which I'm all for. I love the protection. But, um, man, I, uh, I hope this whole thing works out and it all saves, saves the business. So I'm just glad we got it done. I'm glad we were approved. Yeah. I'm happy for you, Brad. I mean, just getting, uh, getting the paperwork in is, uh, from what I understand, I mean, we didn't, I didn't personally apply for an SBA loan, but from talking to you and many others, it sounds like the application process was obviously the least painful part. Now it's, where's my money? Where's, where's my loan proceeds? And, uh, I was just going to tell you, you know, one of the things that I've been reading and seeing over the last, you know, week or two is just how overwhelmed the SBA system is with the number of applications that have been submitted. There's actually a website that, that popped up in the last few days. You may have seen this out on Twitter and some other social media outlets. Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, has been uh, posting about this. So for all of our listeners, go check out covidloantracker.com. They're asking small businesses to submit, you know, the status of their loan. And from, again, this is uh, this is just something that's been put together by, you know, by small businesses. So who knows how accurate it is, but it says as of 9 a.m. this morning, 6,860 small businesses have reported to this COVID loan tracker.com site. What do you think the percentage of those 7,000 businesses that have received any money is, Brad? Zero percent. It's actually at 4% have received their PPP loan and 1.5% have received their grant. So look, I mean, it just speaks to the, just the unprecedented period that we're in as a country. And, and obviously, you know, for small businesses who are reliant upon this funding for payroll and to keep, you know, people employed. I mean, that's the whole idea behind this. So I'm just glad that you got your loan approved and hopefully, you know, in the next few days, you know, the money shows up and I know it's going to be critical for trenches. Yeah. You know, it was, um, it was great working with the bank that I worked with, a uh, small bank, you know, community bank, and they were fantastic to work with. I mean, helping me answer questions and understand kind of what's going on. The funding aspect of it, I know they're mailing out those $1,200 checks, right, today. Um, I don't think either of us are, are going to be expecting any of those in the mail. But uh, it's, you know, I can imagine, I know you, you were talking about this a little earlier, the, the Federal Reserve has to just be completely overrun with all of this. I mean, 
are are they out of funds? What's what's going to happen? How are they going to be able to manage all of this? Well, one thing that I think there's some general consensus around, and of course there's people that will disagree, but I think the Federal Reserve um, has really stepped up in a quick and aggressive way in this crisis. There was a lot of folks that felt after the you know, the great financial crisis that the Fed bailed out the big companies, bailed out Wall Street, bailed out the banks. And in this case, you saw, you know, some of the first things that the Federal Reserve did was, you know, create stimulus for consumers, for small businesses. Um, so I think one thing that the Fed has tried to make really clear in their, you know, public statements is that, look, they they have unlimited uh, ability to print cash. And uh, obviously, there's going to be consequences, potentially, of, of putting all that cash into the system. Um, you know, there's some fears that that we'll see some inflation, but they have definitely moved quick. They have made it very clear that they have, you know, plenty of tools in their toolkit and, and other arrows to shoot, uh, as they say. And you saw that even last week where they announced another $2.3 trillion liquidity commitment to support the economy. And this one was not as uh, directly aimed at the individual like the first CARE Act was, but this one was aimed more at small and medium-sized businesses. And and certainly there's a lot of companies out there that employ, you know, not 500 people, but 10,000 people. And uh, those those companies have been hard hit by this and they furloughed you know, workers. And so there's going to be larger companies that are going to hopefully benefit from from this small and medium sized enterprises, again, you know, employ the vast majority of of Americans. So uh, the you know, we're in an unprecedented situation. So hopefully in uh, in the days and weeks to come, the dollars will flow to those that are in most in need. You know, one of the things that I'm seeing a lot of, obviously, is furloughs and job layoffs. You know, some of my closest friends have been impacted by this in the sports industry because these teams, uh, these rights holders, uh, these agencies are really being impacted by by the lack of live sports, by the lack of activation going on, by the lack of content being created. You know, even folks I've worked with in the liquor business not being able to produce product anymore. Talk a little bit about what's happening with the Dow and the 16 million Americans that have lost their jobs. How is this all working together? It just seems lopsided. Well, yeah, I mean, the the, the unemployment numbers, like you mentioned, we, we have, I think we're at 16 million unemployment claims after three weeks. And so obviously I have noticed in the press that I've been reading over the last few days that there's more and more talk about the U.S. being in a recession. You know, there's technical definitions for what that means. Typically it's several quarters of, of negative GDP growth. And so... I think the general consensus is that, look, we're bracing for a pretty big slowdown. Um, two big banks, Wells Fargo and JP Morgan, reported earnings and uh, came out today, and their CEOs said that they expect to have significant losses in their loans portfolios and their loan books. And so that just means that, look, a lot of people that borrowed money are going to be in a difficult position to, to repay. I think the you know the Fed's actions to try to stimulate the economy by putting dollars um you know in in the in the bank for you know in certain uh amount of individuals and supporting small and medium-sized businesses is a first attempt i know there's a, you know talks of more and more stimulus to come and i think you know if you talk to anybody brad you know they probably have an opinion about when we go back to work and and is it the right time to go back to work in three weeks or in six weeks. And and obviously there's been a lot of talk about that here over the last, you know, two or three days. You saw two regions of the country announced yesterday that they kind of formed these sort of working groups to try to regionally address when to go back to work. I know California, Oregon, and Washington 
are uh, reportedly working together and 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 so are some states in the northeast and it'll be interesting to see what happens here in georgia um and in the southeast and we're we're just in such unprecedented times i think everybody agrees that you know we all have to get back to work into a normal you know run rate eventually but the question is when you know is it in the next three weeks is it in six weeks um you know as the numbers continue to improve on the health side, I think that'll provide more clarity on the economic side. Right. And when, you know, when it's safe to go back. Well, I think that that successfully wraps up the educated part of our podcast today. Very nice job. Uh, hopefully everybody that's going to listen to this thing understands all that intelligence stuff that you just said. Because us sports guys, we don't. <laughs> well, I don't know. I was going to throw in that the guys at ESPN, the top talent on, on air, agreed to take you know pay cuts. I thought that was pretty uh, noble of them. I mean, anybody making uh, half a million dollars a year or more, I guess, has agreed some of the big names in sports. I saw that. So, yeah, you know, look, everybody's going to have to chip in. Sports is always a great barometer for what's going on in our society, right? I mean, you see, and we'll talk more about it in our final four, but you see celebrities, entertainers, um, musicians coming out to try to to really help the you know, help this cause here and um what's fascinating to me is is seeing how some of these team owners you know franchise owners business owners are trying to help their frontline workers to help their hourly staff um to take those pay cuts to to get involved and, you know it's important because again when sports kick back up that's going to be a real testament to how we all respond and react it's going to be easy to walk out of your front door and to engage with your neighbor who you've seen stay in their home. But when do you actually go to the first live sporting event and sit shoulder to shoulder with people you don't know, people you haven't seen, people you have no idea what they've been doing over the last month, two months, three months, et cetera? Uh, you know, once we get back to that, that's going to be the true test. And, and, and when do we get back to that? I mean, I, I sit and look at our business is dependent on, on college football and college athletics. How is how are we going to respond to that? There's a lot of people that have said, you know, going back weeks now, Kirk Herbstreit and others who have said, we're not going to have college sports. But you've got presidents, you've got athletic directors, you have commissioners saying, look, we're going to do everything possible to try to get this back. Then you've got all of these other sports that have been delayed. They're going to try to get back in the mix. You know, we just celebrated Masters Week, and I watched Tiger win the Masters again and had this little bit of, your sense of man, what's Augusta going to be like in November? What's what's mm. it going to be like? The most sacred spectator sporting event, in my opinion, in the world. What's that going to be like? Are people going to be as hungry for tickets as they are in the spring? And and even in November, are people going to be ready to go stand in those galleries, shoulder to shoulder? It's a it's a big question. My wife and I talk about it a lot. We talked about it today, specifically saying when are we going to actually be comfortable enough to go out. We miss Little League Baseball terribly, but when are we going to be comfortable? May 11th, our, our state uh, shelter in place is lifted. On May 12th, are we going to be, be comfortable enough to go back out and just be ready to rock and roll? I don't know. I don't know what we feel, how we're going to feel at that point. We're ready now because we don't know, but when are we, when are we going to really respond when the time comes? Yeah, no, you raise a lot of good questions. I mean, look, I, one of the things that I, I've seen a lot of, of, of discussion around are how youth sports will be impacted. I mean, I think just the basic little things around hygiene. I mean, I remember growing up, there was one water jug for the entire team, you know, and everybody, everybody just, you know, got their turn yeah. at the water jug. I mean, those days are gone, you know, they're done. No the, the idea that, you know, you're going to bring oranges and, you know, I'm thinking like, how many times have you been to a game where somebody shows up and it's like, oh, you know, they got pre-cut fruit for all the kids, like done, you know, bananas, 
you know, shared amongst it done. Like all that stuff is, I mean, maybe it comes back, but like the idea that you're sitting on the sidelines at a basketball game, like, you know, butt to butt with, you know, a bunch of other parents, like that ain't going to happen, like not right away. And so it's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I we talked about last on the last show, just the economic impact and how the leagues are hopefully going to rebound because of how important sports were for us and are for our families. So I just think there's a lot of questions, um, that the leagues themselves, um, are going to have to, you know, really work with like local health officials and health departments to try to come up with some new frameworks and guidelines for fans, you know, and spectators, but also for, for kids, for coaches, uh, and, and just all this stuff around, like, you know, do you have to wash your uniform now after every practice? I mean, it's just like, when, when, when does it end? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting and watching how everything transpires with the, the vaccine and when people start thinking about, is that vaccine going to be necessary before I go back into large public places. I mean, that's a long time from now. So anyway, uh, good, good talk. Good, you know, good talk. Good topic. I think uh, we'll talk more about that every week on this show. Let's lighten it up a bit. Twist, our producer, she is our millennial. Twist, tell <laughs> us all about your millennial minute for the week. Um, I just want to talk to y'all a little bit about the only thing people are doing during the quarantine is TikTok. Do either of y'all have a TikTok? TikTok? No, I don't, but I want to learn. I have to tell you a quick story, Ann. My wife's best friend told us the story that she got onto TikTok and two things, her TikTok, TikTok experience one and TikTok experience two. One, turned on the shower, 30 minutes later was watching TikTok, the shower was still running and she hadn't put... <laughs> Uh, she hadn't got in the shower yet. And two, she tried to film her first TikTok with her sister, sprained her knee, and is now out of commission. That's why us Gen Xers don't TikTok. Oh, well, you should, because it is the most entertaining thing on the planet, slash the biggest waste of time I've ever been a part of. My mom downloaded it, and she's gone. You don't see her anymore. She's hidden away in her cubby watching TikTok. She's addicted. It's the most dic- addicting platform I've ever seen. But it is just crazy how quickly it has taken over the world. In March alone, TikTok was downloaded over 115 million times worldwide. And they're saying people are spending an average of 52 minutes per day, which I'm sure that's the world average. But most people, it is way more than that. But I just think it is so crazy how people are leaving YouTube and Instagram and getting on TikTok just to keep people engaged because now you see 30 year olds you doing dancing videos and grandparents doing pranks like the things you are seeing on this app is astonishing but people are quickly realizing that tiktok is ruining our attention span from people who used to spend hours on youtube watching videos and watching content are now they came and sit through four minutes of it because tiktok has ruined our attention span because we're used to 16 second videos so i think the world is about to change quickly with how we view content because we're, everyone is now used to 16 second clips yeah andres and i don't our, know about you andres but if i need to see a circus i don't need to look at my phone i can just go upstairs well isn't tiktok where the uh where the song from lil nas x came out like old town road isn't that isn't that where that song like went through the roof i'm sure yeah 
It started as as musically and then bought and rebranded. Now it is, it is this phenomenon, man, that I just, I can't get into yet. I'm sure I will at some point, but I can't get into it. Interesting. Yeah, see, I don't even have an Insta. Like, I'm cool now because I, I, I don't even say Instagram. I just say Insta. So my, my wife, Heidi, she's like, Andres, you, you need to get an Insta account. Like, And I was asking her yesterday, you know, why? And she said, well, it's a great way for you to keep in touch with your buddies. They're always posting videos of their kids and, you know, okay. photos of their kids and stuff like that. Because I, I do have a Facebook account. I haven't checked it. But I, I did see that Facebook um, – has has I guess resurged a little bit in popularity because a lot of people who were longtime Facebook users have you know kind of got tired of the platform and they had moved to some of these newer things. So I don't know. It's it's interesting. I guess from the business standpoint of me, even as a way to connect with a new generation of of fans and consumers and listeners. I mean, maybe we need to TikTok it up, Brad. What do you think? I think we should move on to the next segment. That's what I think. <laughs> Perfect. Let's go back to boring things like sports and the economy. I know. So, um, all right. I don't know if I have good examples of this, Andres, but I think you do. What are some of the things that we've been doing as dads at home that we don't normally do? I can tell you the number one thing that I've been forcing my family to do, and it's been my, my, my weekly lunch thing, is we all go on walks. Every day I'm making us go on walks and my fat butt would not have done that at all five weeks ago. So one silver lining. But what are some of the things that you're doing at home that you don't normally do? Oh, I can't say out loud that I've been going on walks because I've I've really been trained in front of my computer working 12, 14 hour days. Um, But hopefully you're enjoying that walk thing. Um, I can tell you what I have been doing as a dad, and it's it's probably a little new. Is I can't tell you how many times I've asked my wife, "Do we have this grocery? Do we have this in the cupboard?" Like, you know, Heidi and I would often split kind of duties around things like grocery shopping and cooking, and she does a great job. But the the two things I'd say, because uh, I asked her as we were thinking about the show today, what are some things she's noticed me doing more of, and she's like, cooking, uh, which she's was pleasantly surprised. Um, I was happy that she said that. And then doing more grocery shopping. That's a whole separate topic we won't get into, but like how people are procuring groceries. I know everybody does it differently right now, but I'd say those are two things. And then last week uh, we ventured and did haircuts at home for the first time, Brad. So I cut my own hair. We ordered a trimmer off eBay and uh, it took a couple, it took a couple of uh, attempts, but I gave myself a haircut and, uh, uh, I was inspired by a good buddy here in Smyrna who said he cut his hair, so I tried it. And then I cut uh, Maximo and Renzo's hair. So we haven't gotten to Heidi and Frankie's hair, but I think that's I think that's going to be a trend is 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 hair coloring product for women because um, it's about four weeks, five weeks in, and can't go to the salon. So yeah, those two and three hundred dollar uh, perms and and colors and highlight sessions are going to be happening at home. Well, then that's going to come up in the third segment too. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but the we did the home haircut thing, man. We actually, uh, Twist was working. Oh yeah. Twist was working with me on this. Um, Good Friday, I did a fish fry for the family and trying to do a little more cooking around the house, trying to help yeah. my wife, who's a very good cook, and um, I'm not. I'm the grill master, but uh, I did a fish fry, and in order for the boys um, to be rewarded, they had to eat their entire fillet of of fish, and they did, and their reward was that they got to shave my head. So I was talking with our good buddy, um, my good buddy, Shane, who you know well. Um, Oh, yeah. Shane came up with a great idea, 
and we created the hashtag Home Cuts for COVID. And as of right now, I don't think it's necessarily taken off. Twist has helped me you know, click click a logo. We're going to make a donation to a local charity, and I challenged a couple buddies um, on Instagram to cut their own hair. So I cut Ben's, got him all trimmed up. He looks he, he looks fresh, as the kids say, but mm-hmm. uh, I look um, like a fur ball. And uh, cut it all the way down to get a little, you know, good little trim on the sides. Tried to fade it in a little bit. Um, but we're trying to do some good, man. I got uh, a couple of buddies. Hopefully, we'll respond to that challenge. Everybody needs to go out there and make a donation to their local charities. We're, we're donating to the Giving Kitchen and the American Cancer Society because, as you know, that's, that's important to me. And we've got some good friends here in Smyrna that own some amazing restaurants who need some help, and the Giving Kitchen does that. So get out there and uh, take the challenge. I mean, I've, I've worn this tennis ball on top of my head for a couple video conferences now, and nobody's laughed too hard or poked too much fun at me. So you might as well just get it all off, man. The weather's getting nice. It's a good time. I agree, man. I'm going to do that. I, I, I did a little clipper fade. I did a one and then a two, and then I put the three on. So I'm, I'm in. I'm going to do my haircut this weekend. I'm, I, speaking of, uh, you know, dads doing cool things and doing new things around the house, I was going to ask you, Brad, if you got that letter from, from Mayor uh, Norton in Smyrna where they, you know, talk about all the things the city's doing. So speaking of causes, you know, I've noticed as we've been out walking some of these yard signs. Um, so apparently if you donate to the, uh, if you donate uh, and make a donation to the city of Smyrna, it helps to go to buy families in Smyrna uh, groceries. And then they'll come drop a, uh, a yard sign in your front yard, um, like a Smyrna Cares thing. So, you know, it's been awesome to see just the uh, the outpouring of support. I think that's one thing we'll get into in our final four, just some of the cool things that have come out of this. And, uh, yeah, check your mail today. So there might be a note from your mayor. I have not gotten a, uh, a letter from our distinguished mayor yet, but it has been good to see. You know, we're even we're even getting engagement from kids after school teachers, you know, people who aren't actually teachers in the school, but run these after school clubs and programs that are going on there. They've been really engaged with getting the kids packets. We have a very good friend of ours who's a teacher who is delivering to her students, you know, very carefully and properly distancing, you know, care packages each week to, to keep the kids engaged and keep them excited. I mean, it's tough to get these kids engaged in. I had uh, my oldest son with with me, Ben, down here earlier today and he was working through his you know his classwork and doing a great job and staying really focused and I was trying to have my conference calls over to the side um and it was kind of fun it was like we were desk mates for a minute we were working with a different space and he was doing his his different um you know experiments where he was using the iPad thank god for apple pencils by the way that is making these uh the responses to this schoolwork really easy <laughs> Um, the drawing and whatnot. So again, a shout out to my favorite product, my most loyal product, Apple, um, yeah. coming to save the day again. But you know, it's we're, like I said to you earlier, we're coming to the bike park for the second day. I have embraced these kids as BMXers. If if this whole thing goes to crap and they don't ever play baseball again, at least they'll have maybe a career as the next Travis Pastrana or something. They're getting a lot totally. of work on their BMX bike. Well, I mean, one thing that's happened uh, through this is that I think people have have realized um, it's it's some of the simpler stuff. I mean, we talked about this on the first show, you know, just, you know, if you think about, you know, some of the, the costs of doing youth sports and stuff and, uh, 
I mean, just, you know, think about all the stuff that kids are getting involved in now that's just like a throwback 100 years ago, you know, riding a bike, you know, going on walk with mom and dad. It was, it was a simpler time, right? So yeah, totally. um, it's funny when you contrast that with, with what uh, Twist was talking about, you know, with the 15-second videos in our attention span. So I don't know. There's been, some, there's been definitely some, some good things have come out of being at home for the last month with our families. Yeah, we, um, we've let Ben <clears> go <throat> off and kind of ride a little bit around the neighborhood and be adventurous. I remember doing that as a kid, but for some reason we were more hesitant to do that five weeks ago than we are now, just letting him get out and um, occasionally he comes back after a little wreck or whatnot. But I think it's good. Again, I'm excited about the Final Four because I think there's going to be a lot of unique things we talk about there. So as we wrap that up, um, probably the episode that's going to get the most laughs are going to be our parenting fails. And there's no better story for me to tell about the biking and a parenting fail as we get into our parenting fails segment of the week. Um, ben wrecked his bike. I threw it up on the workbench and figured, yeah, I'm a handy dad. I can get the tools out and I can make this thing work. Next thing you know, I've got the tire off. I've got the chain off. I've got the, the, the thing all jacked up. I'm trying to work with the brakes. I finally get it figured out after cursing uh, half a dozen times. Got it put back together. Was so excited. I said, Ben, your bike's ready to go, buddy. Jump back on. He takes off. Next thing I know, he goes down the hill. He hits um, neighbor's driveway. Can't stop. Goes off a six-foot ledge into their rose bushes and rock bed. And uh, I realized that I forgot to put one of the brake pads back on the bike. <laughs> so that classifies as 100% parenting fail. Luckily, he didn't get seriously hurt because we have this motto around our house right now that we don't, we cannot go to an emergency room. But uh-huh. uh, he was a little banged up. My pride was very banged up. I'm glad he's okay. But that is definitely my week's parenting fail. Oh man, I feel uh, I feel a little bit better, but I, I I have two. I mean, but I know you know we're running up against it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell one story. Well, look, I on the on the first show, I didn't get to give a little bit more background about myself. So, so I I am uh, I'm Latino, so I have this you know this dramatic like colorful high high degree of uh, intensity to me at certain times. And yesterday, I come downstairs. It's like I don't know eight fifteen in the morning. I'm having a cup of coffee. The kids are at the you know around the island, and I walk out to our garage, and my wife, uh, her car is parked in the garage, and I see this scratch on the back panel above the tire. That's like, it looks deep. It looks like somebody took a, like a screwdriver and just scratched the, you know what, out of the back uh, rear part of the car. And so I absolutely lost it. And I come inside and you know, this car's like pretty new and I'm like, Heidi, come here. And she comes outside and she's got this look on her face, like mortification and the kids can hear us talking. So I come in and I'm like, okay, who did it? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like, it, it was just something like in me. And so they're all like cowering and like hiding under the, under the Island. And Maximo points to his brother, Renzo. Maximo's my youngest one. He goes, he did it. And Renzo points to his little brother, Maximo. He did it. And Fr- <laughs> Frankie, my innocent eight-year-old daughter, who I pretty sure probably didn't do it or would have come to me crying and telling me, She's like, I don't know, dad, who did it? So I'm not getting frustrated because I'm just like, at this point, look, I just want to know what happened. And Heidi's like, calm down. It's just a scratch. And I'm like, yeah, but it's your new car. I can't believe it. 
it got to the point, Brad, where I was offering five hundred dollars to whichever kid would admit. <laughs> to the, I did it, Andy. I did it. To this. And so I just like it was one of those things where I, you know, I, I, I know during this whole pandemic, like people probably have lost their cool and, you know, they said that, like their freak out moment. Um, that was definitely one for me. And I go upstairs and I'm like furiously on like YouTube trying to figure out, like, how do you get a scratch out of like a black car? And the home remedy that pops up first was, you know, toothpaste. And they're like, put a towel on, you know, a little toothpaste and rub it on. So I'm like downstairs, like rubbing toothpaste on my car won't come out. Renzo's standing right next to me like, dad, it's not coming out. It's not coming out. And I'm just like, so anyway, I go back upstairs. I'm like, I got to get back to work. And about an hour later, Heidi, you know, she's on Amazon, like everybody right now, you know, buying something. And she sends me a note. She's like, Hey, I found this thing. It's like 20 bucks. It's got like 70,000 reviews. It apparently like removes scratches from cars. And I'm like, you know what? In the grand scheme of things right now, who the hell cares about the scratch in the car? It's not a big deal. And uh, I had to come down and like put my tail between my legs because like I don't typically get too frustrated. Um, wait, yeah, I do. Um, but uh, but that was one where I just, you know, it was just something like material. And, and when I had a second to like gather my thoughts, I'm like, it's really not that big a deal. And it's the worst thing that happens to that stupid car um we'll be we'll be just fine so the case is still open though on who did the i'm uh, still trying to figure out i guess i'm gonna have to raise the uh the offer to 750 because i got no takers at 500 my wife raised her hand she said she did it i was yeah i was over there not too long ago i did <laughs> well i can tell you this my wife said my wife sends a note like once a day as i'm upstairs like working in our home office and she's like the wheels have come off the bus and that's always like a sign that like my two boys have you know just completely gone over the deep end and I always struggle with, do I go downstairs and like take the stern, you know, listen to your mother or do I go downstairs and just separate them, you know, and take one of them outside and like, you know, get some physical, you know, activity going um, in the middle of the workday. So I don't know. It's just we're all going through new stuff. Yeah. Well, I think there'll be plenty of more parenting fails as we dive in here and get this thing off the ground, um, get more listeners. We recommend you guys share with us some of your uh, parenting fails as well. You can make comments or just send us messages. Um, one of the most interesting things I've seen, Andres, during this whole uh, pandemic is the buying trends. You talked about being mm. on Amazon. And, you know, there was obviously the hoarding of paper towels and toilet paper, which is yeah, absolutely that was first. fascinating to me. That was first. Then I saw these great articles about how iconic brands that have, you know, long... Uh, you know, nuclear fallout uh, shelf life, like Slim Jim and Chef Boyardee <laughs> making huge comebacks. Um, I talked with a buddy of mine at a, an iconic packaged goods brand that we've all enjoyed from time to time, uh, a tasty cream-filled treat. And, uh, you know, he's talking about how they almost had, they had their second largest month ever in the history of the company in March. Wow. Um, things are flying off the shelves. And then you see this trend. We talked about our haircuts. You know, beauty supply, hair dyes, nail polish, trimmers, clippers, all that stuff being bought like crazy. What, how can we predict what a couple of the next trends are? What are we going to be buying? Well, I gave it some thought. I mean, look, um, Santa brought our kids a trampoline uh, at Christmas. So we, we had that box checked. But I can tell you right now, I know several people in our neighborhood have tried to find trampolines. I think one family found one. Lots of them are sold out. Putting those darn things together, uh, Santa tells me in his elves, is not easy. So 
I don't know who's going to do all that work, but um, but I, I think there's going to be this resurgence in do more stuff at home in your backyard. I think once everybody kind of gets their home office set up, you know, with a new chair and a desk lamp. And I mean, I was reading something where tables and desks for you to like work in bed were like flying off the shelves at Amazon. I guess people want to be able to work from their literally from their bed. But <laughs> I, I think there's going to be this. That. Yeah, I think there's going to be this like movement to like more stuff at, at home and like around the house. Um, so fixing up you know, your backyard doing, uh, obviously the landscaping thing's been big, especially as it gets warmer around the country. I know Heidi's been, you know, planting up a storm and, uh, and I'd expect that more people probably either delay moving or kind of think twice about, you know, do I want to be living like in the middle of the city? There's been a ton of young people, for example, you know, that have moved home temporarily at least. So it's going to be an interesting trend to watch. <clears throat> yeah. We've done the landscaping thing. We we all of a sudden now have a brand new fire pit that we've been using mm. the heck out of, and see now there we're you go. Go to the grocery store to get more s'mores stuff for the kids. Now you're going to need more but, wood. Uh, it's yeah. just all like Doing you're feeding the, the economy. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Home Depot curbside pickup. Trying that out for the first time. Never thought I'd do that because I love roaming the aisles at the depot. Yeah, man, it's it's interesting. I think I think you're going to see a rise in a lot of crazy things. Um, not to get yeah. too much detail on it, but. You know, if this continues, you're going to see the rise in firearms and ammunition. People are going to start thinking about their safety. You're going to see, you know, people start to worry about, you know, what's going on with my car. I think you're going to, people are going to start thinking about, you know, wh what are we doing? How are we prepared? What are we, you know. Yeah, like that whole zombie apocalypse thing. You yeah. remember when that got real big, right? I think the other thing that will be interesting to watch is like how long does this whole pet adoption thing go, right? Because that's a great one. Tons and tons. Pets have been adopted, and I mean, I hope that that continues. I mean, obviously, that that's that's uh, it's just it's it's fantastic because people seek like companionship, right? That's one thing about human beings. Everybody knows that is that we we seek connection, we seek, um, and and right now it's just harder, right? Uh -huh. I mean, some of these platforms that have popped up like Zoom and and Hangouts and all this stuff have helped, but uh, but I, you know, I definitely think whatever allows people to do more kind of locally in smaller groups in their backyards, in their front yards, with, with neighbors, you know, whether it's, you know, Brad putting in a new fire pit or it's, you know, building that outdoor bar that you always wanted. I just think there's going to be a lot more of that, you know, not that, you know, sporting events and concerts aren't going to come back, but that's just going to take a while. Yeah. You're going to be more comfortable at home. You know, you're going to have more people over for grill outs and that kind of thing in small groups. Um, the pet adoption thing has been phenomenal to watch. My brother, we have a new, uh, a new family pet in Samson, my brother's new dog. We've got our good friends just got another dog that they've got coming in. I think it's time, you know, for the Sindates to get another dog. I, I knew you back when you had your first fur child. So you, you gotta get ready for that, man. And it, we're going to do a segment on, on pets and, 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 you know, I grew up with pets. So for all, all the listeners, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big pet person. I'm a big dog person. I had cats. Now, my wife is allergic to cats, so I, I think it's going to be a while before we get cats. But but no, I mean, we, we had a dog, um, Ruben. I'm going to give a shout out. We adopted him. He was, um, man, he was a fiercely, fiercely loyal dog, um, and and we loved him. But uh, but he had a streak to him, an aggressive streak, and, uh, and he was in adoption, and uh, we just didn't realize, you know, that, uh, you know, that sometimes these dogs, um, they go through so much, so much trauma before you get them, and, and we had one who he was, 
you know, he was fiercely loyal to us, but man, he was a guard dog and had that streak in him. Um, so yeah, maybe one day, I mean, I want my kids to get to the point where, you know, they can walk them and take care of them and be responsible for them. Cause, uh, you know, if I throw that back on Heidi, uh, I'm on, I might be sleeping out in the doghouse. <laughs> <laughs> I remember old Ruben. He, he was a good dog. He and Wally got to hang out a lot they had their mm-hmm. fun run-ins, but that we had some fun with them. All right. Time to wrap this thing up. Let's get into our final four for the week. Uh, time for this week's final four. So we talked about it. We hinted at it. We talked about a couple things already. The top four things that have come out of all of this. Um, I think we both agree. We all agree. Twist even in this too. The number one thing I think has come out of all of this is the time we've taken to reconnect with people. You know, while we sit here, I was texting back and forth with a couple buddies from college that I played ball with that we're all going to get together on Friday. We've had a ton of happy hours, virtual happy hours, that kind of thing. Getting back in touch with folks who you haven't had the time or made the time, most importantly, to re-engage with. That's my number one, Andres. What do you got? Man, that's a really good one, and it's true. Um, I think one of the things that's come out of this is uh, is the family time, you know, connections. I know that the whole premise of this show is like, you know, biz dads is that we're trying to sort of run these you know, dual and, you know, three and four part, you know, lives real hard, like being what we hope are awesome dads and, and, and leaders in our homes, but also being leaders in our, you know, in our, in our business suits and, um, trying to get results. And one thing, you know, that, that we've had as a family is just a lot more together time. And it's, it's slowed down my pace as a, as a person who's definitely a type A go, go, go fast. It's allowed me to slow down. And I gave an example earlier of sometimes, you know, you still have your freak out moments and you lose your cool, but, but, uh, definitely that family time. I mean, we've had more meals together, uh, as a family cooking, you know, having the kids learning basic little things like cleaning up in the last, you know, four or five weeks. And hopefully that'll be something that we'll, we'll try to hold on to a little bit. That's good. That's a good one. I totally agree. Three meals a day for us. We haven't done that in forever. Twist, you're living one right now. What's your third? Um, well, I guess Andres kind of introduced mine, but all millennials, I feel like, are just moving in with their parents. The majority of almost all my friends have moved in with their parents during this time because their parents can cook them food, clean for them, do their laundry, <laughs> <laughs> me included. So definitely spending time with family has been a great opportunity. We, My entire, I'm one of four sisters and all four of us have moved back home. So we have had a lot of fun. So the quarantine has actually not been that bad for me. We've had more fun, more fun family time than we've had since we all were together back eight years ago when my sister was in high school. I'd like a moment of silence for uh, Twist's biz dad, who has a wife and four daughters at home. Oh, um, yeah. May he survive more than just COVID-19. <laughs> um, I did see a great thing. Um, I did see a great thing, like, like even – Bruce Willis and Demi Moore posted about them getting together um, with their families and doing, you know, matching pajamas and all this kind of stuff. And I heard a great story from a friend of mine talk about how she has divorced parents and they all got together um, in their hometown to uh, to spend this time together. I mean, it's kind of cool, you know, it's bringing. Yeah, it's bringing everybody yeah, back no, together. for sure. Absolutely. I, okay. I, uh, I think closing the loop is what, is what I've been seeing more of. And, and I was like closing the loop. And then I started thinking about it and I guess 
you know, it's this, this sort of idea that like you connect with like one or two other families and you just sit down and have that discussion and say like, look, until this passes, you know, it's going to be the two families. We're going to let our kids play together. Um, but you kind of have to have some like real serious understanding with one another, you know, because if you're going to keep, you know, if you're going to keep people playing together and hanging out, like that live next to each other, you can't have people running around and, you know, not, not observing the, uh, you know, the stay in place and all this stuff. So yeah. there's just a lot more of that connectivity happened for sure. Right. Number what four, do we got the, to get? Number three. Are we on number four? Number four, the final four. Um, we talked about, and you brought this up. It's a great point. The time everyone is taking to recognize those service workers and those frontline workers. I mentioned to you, a couple people in our neighborhood had taped Chick-fil-A gift cards and thank you notes to their mailbox and their trash can. Um, today was trash day in our neighborhood and seeing a couple of those neighbors, uh, you know, it inspired me and we're going to do the same thing. It's great to see everybody paying attention and taking care of those people that have to work through all this. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I think it goes to that, that broader idea that look, we're all in this together. I mean, I know it sounds like a cliche and, and sometimes when you go through these, these, uh, you know, really awful, you know, traumatic, whether it's a natural disaster in this case, like a pandemic, um, I mean, kind of like every single city and state in the country and now in the world has, you know, been hit by this natural disaster at the same time, is you realize like you're sort of all, you know, it's all leveling in a way. I mean, there's certainly folks that are that are being impacted more so than others. So I don't want to suggest that's the case. But but I think it does uh, make you step back and, you know, hopefully appreciate the person that's delivering your mail. Um, shout out to my dad who worked at the post office for, you know, for, for many, many years, but also, you know, the folks stocking shelves, you know, that are keeping restaurants open for, for food, you know, delivery or pickup. I mean, obviously it goes without saying all the people working at hospitals and, and, uh, taking care of, you know, folks in nursing homes. It's just, uh, it's just an unprecedented time. And hopefully, you know, we're, we're on the way to all being back in some sort of a, a new normal, um, within, you know, within weeks. That's a, a, a great point to wrap on so let's wrap this thing up what another great episode for getting better at this the technology worked for us this time thanks everybody everybody for joining us for another episode of biz dads we'll see you next week